to Stereo Radio. And the show starts now. Okay, live. You're live. Okay. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Hysterians. Yes, this is season two, episode eight in the series. I am your lovely host, Chi Chi. I'm Kimber. How's it going? <laughs> We're super excited today. Um, before we get into any topics, let's talk about, just give me a quick holiday recap. How was your holidays? My holiday was cute, you know, like I got with the family, everyone's growing and, you know, being productive and just living their lives beautifully. It's... It's it's nice, and then I got I pretty much got drunk. That's what I was waiting for most on. of it. Um, it was just a very sinful holiday, <laughs> a lot of indulgence. Um, yeah. Say the least. Drinking peppermint tea because what was supposed to be like my own personal retreat turned into my own personal hell because I was sick for like eighty five percent. Of the holiday so season. So you were sick for the holidays. Mm-hmm. I that had a was... whole plan. I was like, oh, I'm about to get the bad bitch body started because I ain't got shit to do. So I'm going to start working out. And by the time I get back to work, I'll already be in a groove. I was so psyched about this. And I could barely, like, get up every day for, like, the first, I don't know, five or six days. I was just, ugh. Well, you know when you get sick, you lose weight. So... In a sense, you've achieved and your goal. And I did. Goal. I put on a dress yesterday that I hadn't worn in months. So, shout out to whatever virus was cooking in there. Like, <laughs> I appreciate it. It went from whatever that was, because it was, like, coming out of one end. Sorry, y'all, TMI. And then once that died down, it turned into a full-blown cold. So, you had a plague, But, basically. like, a nasty fucking cold. Not like your regular... You know, chew and let me go bro my nose. Like when I sneezed, my whole body was like reverberating. It was uh, insane. Like the stretchy mucus. Disgusting. Jay Prob says he wants his bad bitch body back. <laughs> Shout out to Jay Prob. <laughs> Shout out to Rocky Snyder. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They've yeah. recently had a birthday. And well, they're they, marvelous. Wait, wait, wait. Are they twins? Um, their birthdays are like a day apart, I think, or oh something weird like that. Happy birthday. Yeah. They're Jay... both adorable, so. Yeah. Jay has the same birthday as my mom. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. I have a crush on Kimber's mom. <laughs> so she was all like, oh, I need to find somewhere to take her that's like elegant and high class and all that. And then she yeah. found somewhere. And then, you know, you're just thinking like, let me just make sure I give her some recommendations. Then I just minded my business. Going through my Instagram stories, and I'm like, who is this beautiful creature? <laughs> this is not your mama. Yes, my gorgeous petite mom. That's yeah, who I came she's out so of. Adore. I was like, oh, this is mom. Okay. Shout out to Joseph Dimension on the live check up, in. Joseph? I have no idea who that is, but hey. He is an ill selector. And, and he's representing for Jamaicans everywhere okay. the right way, you know. Okay. There's a good. There's a good chunk of Jamaicans in Chicago. Yeah? I would say Jamaicans and Haitians. Oh. I wasn't really exposed to the other ones until I came here. The other ones? <laughs> I am dead. I'm just being honest. 
That's my favorite. I'm fine with that. No, you know what I mean, though. Like the other. I do. I do. I love it, though. Well, I don't know if you count. Do you count Puerto Rican? Because I grew up around Puerto Ricans, too. But sometimes they say that they're Caribbean and sometimes I. Puerto Ricans think they're white. Oh, wow. For the most part. Not the ones I grew up with. Well, shout out to the alumni of Jose de Diego Community Academy. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Girl. Well, I'm glad you had a good holiday. (laughs) And it's wonderful to see you and be back here doing this. Yeah. And we were talking about detoxing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I confessed that, you know, this had nothing to do with my sickness, by the way. But I was already on track. Like, I need a hip-hop detox. Absolutely. And it was... I'm just going to take you through this emotional Please, roller coaster. because you're supposed to be the one that's super in love with hip-hop, whereas I treat hip-hop like a child I never I know, wanted. I was like, what type of show? How's this going to be a hip-hop podcast if I'm stepping away? Oh, and before I do that, <clears throat> shout out to the Hip-Hop Scriptures family. Y'all have been having a very interesting conversation on one of my posts on Hip-Hop Scriptures on Instagram about black male incarceration rates and dropping a lot of knowledge um, y'all are like the cornbread on my soul food plate of hip-hop. <laughs> I appreciate y'all. Getting so deep. I have to shout out hip-hop scriptures. Digging deep. But back to the current state of hip-hop. Oh so my God. there was all this hype and anticipation for the money video. And like I've said, I don't know who's listening, who's a new listener. So I want to make sure I repeat I knew of Cardi B from Instagram, and oh, people would show okay. her on Tumblr, and I would I would link it to people that don't even have Tumblr, mind you. And they're like, who is this bitch? This shit is fucking hilarious. That's my background with Cardi. Yeah. Love Bodak Yellow still to this day. Uh, okay. But so I'm like, okay, I'm, I've been on, I've been, been excited for mm-hmm. anything that she's done for a long time. So mm-hmm. since there was so much hype about the money video, I was like, oh, let me make sure... I, you know, watch it. So I didn't know what was coming. I honestly didn't. It was so much going on um, from the visual standpoint that I was just, like, overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I wasn't upset. I wasn't, you know, anything negative or positive. I was just like, whoa. What about (laughs) it was overwhelming? There was... Because I didn't watch it. There was nipples. Oh, okay. And not, like, nipples that were blurred. Like, nipples. So oh, is this like it the... just like hit me like nipples? Oh my god! <laughs> and it's on YouTube, and it's not like on Cinemax or and something. And this is like the same video where she's like naked at the piano. I kept seeing pictures mm-hmm. of that floating around. That hit me, and then you know why that was overwhelming? Oh my god! Because she looked really good. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, I'm like, damn, she looks really good. But then I'm like, there's a white piano and an all white background, so I should be trying to decipher this Illuminati, Illuminati shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Then there was the breastfeeding baby, which I'm pretty sure wasn't a real baby, but it was still like again, I'm I'm just telling you how I was overwhelmed. I could And I, then just yeah. like with anything else in this day and age, once it hits social media, <sighs> I don't even know. It's not even something I want to delve into. I would just say that the responses and the arguments about the video were annoying. And they exhausted me. And people were trying to make it into... It's entertainment at the end of the day. You yeah. are not going to convince me that this is somehow some new fucking movement. And I'm not going to even delve further than that. But that's what this generation And it just become. exhausted me because we just talked about Corinne Stephens and Sister Soldier, mm-hmm. And then I had a troll 
on our page talking about oh sister soldier would oh, basically honey, come don't and even shoot mention me that. Don't she even would come mention shoot that. me because uh, i mentioned her name in the same sentence honey, as corinne Stephens when the whole point of the show was what female unity game changers yeah. and how they both have a connection yeah because they're trying to help women who have went through you know, abuse and children who went through abuse and rape and all that, but and in all honesty, it's sister like oh soldier, no, don't listen to the show. Just come yeah. on and <laughs> in all honesty, sister soldier and Corinne would probably have brunch together exactly and be totally cool because I don't get the sense that sister soldier is one of those intellectual elevated sisters so much so that they're just condescending. Well, here's the gag: you know, how would she have written? Coldest winter ever. The, if she couldn't get in that, her Corinne Stephens bag. An urban Hello? novel. An <laughs> urban fuck? novel. She's not writing any Shakespearean shit or whatever, you know. I don't know. I People don't know. are just... Like, I follow the Jungle Brothers. Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I follow them from every fucking page, too. So that says a lot because I manage like three Instagram pages. And my personal page for you people that send me links on all three, you really only need to send it to either my personal, which I'm not going to say, or Popping Off Pink or Hip Hop Scriptures. You really don't need to double send me your music links and all that shit. But that being said, I just, I was listening to, yes, old school including some of the 90s stuff. Mm -hmm. And not even that it was all intellectual or anything like that. It just all had something to say. And I just felt deflated. And I was like, I'm the person that's always listening to the new stuff and and saying, like, oh, y'all should give this person a chance or listen to this and listen to G Herbo, listen to A Boogie, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But something happened that day, and it wasn't just a money video. Now, I can't remember, but something else stupid happened. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm done. I just really wanted to pull the plug on anything hip-hop right now. Welcome to my boat. Grab a paddle. Let's row down this stream together because I've been done. I've been fucking over it. Mm. I don't know what the other thing was, but I do remember what the overarching idea in my head was. It Mm. was whether whether you're a kid or an adult or or whatever, just a casual observer of hip-hop and you just kind of visit and Mm -hmm. you leave, whatever. The overall culture had become has become so I don't even know the word. Like there was nothing aspirational. I agree. At all. Yeah. Like Belly wasn't exactly a movie about mowing the lawn and having a <laughs> white picket fence. Yeah. But there was even something aspirational in that because at the end you had T Boz and Nas like, we're gonna go Escape to Africa. To Africa, yeah. That's now I can put it into words. What's what's aspirational now? It's just all fuck shit. Mm-hmm. It's been fuck shit for a long but it, time. But it's gotten to a... <laughs> it's I don't know. It's really bad now. Like, to go on what you said about people's reaction to the money video being exhausting and annoying, that's what this generation's become. Exhausting and annoying. Social media has given everyone a microphone and oh, their God. own camera crew, so everyone feels like every and any opinion matters and that in itself is exhausting but for me um what really pissed me off and made me want to just fucking dig a hole as far into the ground as I could and never come out was um the reaction to Ebro pressing Kodak Black about his rape allegation I'm pretty sure okay because it's like bitch trick daddy who looks like 
the dark avocados that have all those like veins. He's sitting here <laughs> fucking looking like flotsam and jetsam going off at Ebro, calling Ebro a bitch, saying, you know he can't talk about that. Why are you pressing him about it? That's some bitch shit. My question is, what, what about the woman that was assaulted? Mm-hmm. Where is the regard for her? Mm-hmm. And then you as a husband and a son and whatever else you are, like, how could you share that sentiment publicly? I think... It's just disgusting. I th- two things. I agree with what you're saying, given how it was presented. Mm-hmm. However, being a producer and being that Ebro has a lot of skin in the game, mm-hmm. I do think that someone of that stature on a show and a platform of that level, typically, if you look at, and I've said this before, he doesn't treat all the guests the same. Yeah. You kind of, the showrunner, like, hey, is there something... We're going to talk about these things. I'm not going to tell you what we're going to ask you. Are there any things off the table? Like, usually that's all done behind the scenes. Yeah. And from a legal standpoint, I don't know how old Kodak Black is, but I know he's pretty young. Yeah. And he's obviously got some things he needs to work through on a personal level. And he's in a 360 deal with the devil. He could have easily said something that could have been looked at as, oh, it was very vague. He didn't incriminate himself. And it could have helped incriminate him, to be honest. Just from a legal standpoint, that's why your attorneys will always tell you if you're going to go on a public platform, you just don't even broach the subject at all. Now, if this had been someone who's like new to radio or whatever, then, you know, you kind of get a pass, but he knows better. It wasn't so much about should he or shouldn't he have asked him. It's like, you know that this could incriminate him. So what? Who cares? Well, then there's no point in having him on the show. First like, the of point all, of the show is not to put people in positions of entrapment. Of course, but, you know, the fact is, he said that they feel very strongly about rape. And in my mind, if you yourself didn't give an innocent person the choice to fuck you, mm-hmm. then you don't get the luxury of choice in choosing what you do and don't want to talk about. No, I don't want to hear about your fucking mixtape. I don't want to hear about what you got coming out, what you've been featured on. No, you're a fucking sick person. Right. But this is not... And we're not here to laugh and joke with you. And for that, yeah, he shouldn't have been on the show in the first place. He shouldn't be making appearances, period. But it just got on my nerves that everyone reacted. And all you regular niggas out there that also felt so strongly about it and want to talk about who should ask what about what, I'm side-eyeing the fuck out of all of you, too. Because there's just no regard for humanity. It's all about the other shit. And everyone likes to take up for... Yeah, like, it's like, I'm so tired of people taking up for these rappers like they know them. Yeah. (laughs) It's exhausting. There's no regard for humanity. And I haven't been around as long as Ebro. But I I don't want to get too deep into this. (laughs) Yeah, I don't either. I do want to touch on one thing and that... Whether you're talking about the music industry or just your everyday person down the block. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm talking about from personal experience. There are female sexual predators. Of course. In the music industry, Mm -hmm. in whatever other industry, in your neighborhood. I would never share names, but I have dated at least two people Mm -hmm. who were 
either molested or raped, full-on raped by their female babysitter Mm -hmm. or, God forbid, family member. Right. And we talk about humanity, but, you know, we can't force people to come and talk about these things. And I saw someone on Twitter that said if black men started talking about all the molestation they've been privy to as children and, you know, 9-year-old, 10-year-olds, even early teens— it would shut Twitter down. Yeah. And that and they we process things differently. So where we may be more comfortable and not not that it's even easy for us right. by any stretch, but it's extremely difficult for that segment of the population mm-hmm. to even broach the subject, let alone talk about it in a public platform. So we talk about humanity, but we pretend collectively like this is only happening to Half of the population. I mean, I wouldn't say that we pretend. I think it's just I've a matter of. About, but that's the thing. It's because it hasn't really been brought to our attention. And then the men that do discuss um, exposure to sex at an inappropriate age typically describe it the way they've been conditioned mm-hmm. to describe it, which is as a conquest yes. or an accomplishment. You know, I think like Lil Wayne at one point said something like he lost his virginity at a very young age and, you know, he didn't like talk about it in, um, you know, like in the in the sense that a victim would right. talk about their abuse. And I also feel like another thing that um, makes it a little, I guess, tricky to pinpoint for us is that rape toward women is typically very violent and very extreme Mm -hmm. and very, it's like very torture filled. Not to say the same thing doesn't happen to men because, you know, especially like aggressive version, because there is date rape too. That's not necessarily as violent or it's typically more, um, horrific. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, of course, like I said, it it does happen to men, too, I'm sure. There are little boys that are assaulted by men. That's also, that yeah. you know, just as, as terrifying and just as traumatizing. But, you know, it's literally just the conditioning of society. Like, we're just all fucked up. <laughs> I think we come to well, that conclusion, like, that all note. the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kimber... You know, she talks about me and my hip-hop party, but she's now the hip-hop reality aficionado. Oh, my God. And this was an interesting holiday season because there are quite a few what I'm I'm calling reality TV engagements. Yeah. Where do you want to start? So, the latest thing that has been going, like all around the world is that Safari and Erica Mena, Erica almost married Mena, are engaged. I feel like Erica is always almost someone something. I I don't see the big deal and the pairing is unlikely, but you know I Why wish them the unlikely? best. I thought you were up on all the the zodiac. Erica's a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. And Safari is, is he a cancer, I feel like? <laughs> that does, that's not really like the best I thought, match. no, that does, that's not a good match. That's water and water. No? Er- 
Oh my god! Too emotional. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Just a bunch no, of no. I'm not even being funny because they both have intense emotions, so maybe they will understand each other. I feel like better so- because they both have. In- you don't want to be with somebody that's like you know, like me, an air sign that's just like chill out. Erica is <laughs> is is more so the aggressor. I can tell. Safari is just you know he's like. The dork in high school. I think so. that was always trying to be funny and built himself up, and now he is where he is. I think Erica's the aggressor but, in general, but maybe yeah. he in that dynamic is the aggressor. Uh, you know what I mean? Nah. Because you have like the alpha female and the beta male, and then sometimes you have the alpha. The it's alpha. only a matter of time before we see the mugshots <laughs> surface on TMZ. I'm patiently waiting because. I know for a fact that the slightest fuck shit that goes down, Erica Mena is going to throw hands. Oh, oh yeah. I know for that. Sure. But I don't but, think he's going to do anything to... to. I, I mean... I think he got using credit cards for prostitutes out of his system. I don't think that's going to... That's not going to be an issue. It's them. either she's going to drive him crazy and run up his money, or he's going to do some shit and they're going to end up with mugshots. I just don't see the potential for it. And it's unlikely because it came out of nowhere. Like, who saw it coming? I definitely And then I not. think I heard... Not re- that I was watching, but... And then allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, she's pregnant. Really? It's I think I heard someone mention pregnancy. Pregnant. They tried to say Cassie was allegedly pregnant. Then she shows up kissing some dude that was her trainer that Diddy hired. After he that proclaimed was just the get his back. love. That was just the get back. Right in his story, he put a heart on your picture, Cassie. No, Cassie, don't feel bad. She deleted all her photos. Like That was New the get Year. back. <laughs> that was y'all the get are, back. Y'all are not seeing what I'm seeing. <laughs> the most adorable picture ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Lord Jesus. Well, then heaven. there was also... Let's see. Well, we went, we said Safari and Erica Menace. And Erica's ex. Erica's yeah. ex. Sin, Santana, and Joe Budden. And congratulations to everyone, but congratulations to them as well. They got engaged. And they have the beautiful baby, Lexington. So I was definitely happy to see that. Um,. So it was like the engagement of the reality show exes. Um, let's see, who else got engaged? I feel like I'm missing someone. But we did get um, some good feedback from our Instagram family because we asked the question, what do you do when your your ex gets engaged? Do you feel any sort of way? Got some very interesting um, feedback. So appreciate everyone that participated in that. Um I think what was more interesting was, you know, in addition to the engagements, there were some link-ups with Rihanna's exes, Drake and Chris Brown, spent the new year together, and, you know, Nikki's other ex, Meek Mill and Drake, um, have made amends and made some music. Um, So let us know what you think about that. Me personally, I think I would feel some type of way for a very short amount of time. Um, They're they're saying Meek is like the man of the year because of all his political um, activism around incarceration. And 
obviously Drake and Nicki are not on good terms. So all the way around, it just seemed like uh, Drake was ruffling feathers, whether it be with Chris or Meek. And, you know, you had the reality show engagements, which I'm not sure how much it's for the show and how much this is um, real life. But both Joe Budden and Safari, you know, had recordings of themselves proposing to their the loves of their lives at the moment. And that that's the part that's a little bit tricky for me is is this how much of this well for Joe I'm not as, as concerned, but how much of this is for the show um versus how much of this is for your your real off camera life. So what we will have in about two minutes is our first male guest on the show. So get ready for that. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure um, you share this once we um, wrap up. Make sure you're donating to our Patreon and following us on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And we're definitely going to touch on all the, the madness of the surviving R. Kelly documentary. Lord Jesus. So, I was just saying we got some good feedback on the question posed on Instagram about, you know, how would you feel about your ex either blowing up or getting engaged? And I was pretty honest about the fact that I think I would be a little bit touched, you know, not forever, but for a couple days if I was Nikki and... You know, Drake is is making music with Meek. And if, if I'm Rihanna, we got Chris Brown and Drake doing New Year's, bringing in the New Year's together. Oh, my God. I mean. It just seemed like everything came full circle. It was like Drake and Meek, Drake and Chris Brown, Erica and Safari, Sin and Joe. And, you know, everyone who did get engaged, it was captured on film. So. Everyone is like. Just. In a big orgy. And I feel like... That's an everyone, understatement. Yeah, I'm saying it as nicely as I can. And I feel like everyone just knows and talks about each other. I feel like, you know, at one point, Drake and Chris Brown probably had a group chat. <laughs> and, like, you know... With Usher facilitating? Yeah. <laughs> and then they went from, you know, busting up greenhouse and... Brawling in the club, throwing chairs or whatever. So now they're making music together. It's just, I don't know. I guess everyone's it's doing that love thing. And that, I applaud it. I guess everyone's doing that <laughs> thing that that people call maturity. Yes. You know when you can like fuck everybody and just still be affiliated. I guess that's what it is. I guess that's what it is. But we have a special guest mm -hmm. inbound. We're about to have our first male guest in this bitch. I don't know if he's... Well, we'll see if he survives, guys. <laughs> here he oh, is. Oh, he's here. Hey, Johnny. I love her. <laughs> Why? So far. <laughs> uh, Welcome to, my, uh, to Queens. <laughs> Sorry for the tardiness. <laughs> Oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> uh, 
Did you just like lock your phone? I didn't try to. Well, it is what it is. We're <sighs> back. Okay. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it's all it's all exhausting nonsense as far as I'm concerned. Um, and it's hard to tell what's real. Which is like a big thing. Even Will and Jada's relationship to me now. Oh, just, <laughs> it's just a big spectacle at this point. You know? It went from being like steak and wine and now it's just overcooked spaghetti. It's a little too much. It's not palpable. It's not fun. It's not, I don't know, it's just not being held in the same esteem as it used to be ever since she decided to start telling all her business. Mm-hmm. Red Table Talk? <laughs> Red Table Talk. Mm. So, we have a special guest. He goes by the name of Johnny Go Figure. Tell us about yourself and tell us what you're doing here. I ain't do nothing. <laughs> now, salutations, everyone. My name is Johnny Go Figure. I am a selector, DJ, creative from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I'm here because popping off pink is popping. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Yeah. And you also do music production. Yes, I do. And you have expansive knowledge on hip hop. I feel like I know you know him. Maybe. Yeah, that's my man. That's my zaddy over there. Cue blushing. <laughs> so, really quickly, before we get into the more craziness. Yes. Um, Johnny, can you just tell us, because sometimes these are two different answers, where you're from and where you grew up? Wow. Um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. But I come from a Guyanese background, so I guess that would make me West Indian, Shout South out. American. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> yeah, but and I grew up in Brooklyn, Flatbush, Flatbush. Okay. Yeah. And who would you say? Let's keep it to two. Who are your two biggest musical influences? Keeping it to two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> geez, um, I. You know, this is about hip-hop, so I'll keep it in hip-hop. Um, uh, I'll go the production route. Uh, my two influences, definitely. Not Limit 2, but I'll say Knife Wonder, Just Blaze. Okay. Yeah. I know for a fact he's obsessed with Ninth Wonder. Yeah. Ninth Wonder's don't, chops. But don't, don't say obsessed, you know. I just admire <laughs> the man's work. <laughs> I think you're a, an avid Ninth Wonder enthusiast. I'll put it like that. I mean, he guy, the guy's a... Oh, boy. The guy, to me, the guy is is, a, is an amazing producer, and like for me, you know, I started on an MP, and I didn't realize that you can make the, the same kind of music on, uh, I guess, like a DAW, a digital audio workstation, or a software, mm -hmm. the same way the the same music you're you're uh, making on an MPC. I didn't know you could do that on a software until I I found out and I read in Scratch Magazine that Knife Wonder used FL Studio, uh, which is formerly known as Fruity Loops. So that opened my eyes to like making music on a like computer and stuff, and it's still having some sort of dignity in the mm -hmm. sounds, you know. Johnny so. G got the heat. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. But what about outside of hip hop though? Outside of hip hop, ah uh, man, um, shoot. 
There's like Dennis Bavel, there's Arthur Verakai. Arthur Verakai is amazing. Yeah, oh man, there's so many people. Quincy Jones, Burt Bacharach, um, Deja Vaughn, taking it back to Brazil. Um, you see why we're a couple, right? Mm-hmm. It's just <laughs> anything that's dope is that we, we were just jamming to the strokes last night. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's like dope, dope, dope uh, rock band or punk rock band. You know, um, just all anything that's dope. You know, I'm influenced by truly dope. Yeah, anything that's truly dope. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm influenced. That has by. to be established. I definitely get it. I mean, we talked about this on another episode, and I'm personally living this. You know, if someone's trying to woo me, they know they have to do it mm-hmm. with music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I'm the most charming when it comes to talking about music. Oh, I can't talk charming. About, I can't talk about anything else. Like nothing else really interests me but like music and stuff. So once once you bring music into the conversation, uh, you can't get me to shut my mouth. It's true. That was like one of the main things we spoke about mm-hmm. when we first started getting to know each other. It was music. I've mentioned that before in a previous episode. Like, we used to share songs. We used to, like, sing to each other back and forth. Like, yeah, music is, like, a big part of our relationship. A huge part. And it's funny because, like, my, I guess my knowledge for music goes pretty deep. And, like, so I'm not really on the surface with with certain things like most people are. So Mm -hmm. when we first hung out and, like, she's bringing up, like, song like railroad track by third world where most people just know now that we found love <laughs> and it's like what do you like what it's like now nah, we gotta kick it some more like you know <laughs> and then like she was open to like hear new things and i was open to hear because she knows a lot of music too she might fool you and act like she doesn't but mm-hmm. i know like a lot of dope stuff from her as well so the fact that like she had what I think, an extensive knowledge of music as well, I guess that that's the thing that drew me to her. Yeah. Wink. <laughs> okay, so if we bring it back to hip-hop, I hate when people ask for top five. But if you want to do top five, you can. But I was going to ask the top three, which is still very difficult um, because hip-hop is so broad. But who is top of mind? Any, what, rap, rapping-wise? Yeah. All right, we, we this is gender fluid, or we, you know, all right. <laughs> top three, top three. She's not gonna like this, but Jay. <sighs> I'm sorry, like as a Brooklyn dude, like I grew up, like I remember when Reasonable Doubt came out. Yeah, I remember having the cassette, shown age, but like I remember all of that, like you know, and every album after that, I've just been riding with Jay from day one. Mm-hmm. You know, pause. But like, yeah. So Jay's definitely in there. Um, Biggie's definitely in there. Love Biggie. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, man, Ghostface. Oh, I love Ghostface. Ghostface. And I hate when people forget to mention Ghostface. Ghostface. He's All like right. my favorite. Uh, you asked if it was gender fluid, and you named three dudes. Well, okay. Then I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you three. Three queens. Uh, Moni Love. I love Moni Love. Down to Earth is like one of my favorite albums. It's a slept on Native Tongue album. Um, if y'all never heard it, if y'all call yourselves hip hop aficionados, y'all need to listen to Down to Earth because I've never heard somebody from Europe sound so much like me, like New York. 
and it's it, to me it's 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 such a talent like it's not easy to to come from a place where you to come from somewhere and then to emulate a place that you don't really know about mm-hmm. and it sounds so like authentic got to give it up to Moni Love for that she's all on that um who else Bahamadia love Bahamadia yes slept on as well uh there's a you know there's a lot there's a lot of of of, of um queens that are like slept on man you got you had boss you had nonchalant nobody ever talks about nonchalant you have Nefertiti, Nature Mother Nature. Nobody talks about her. Mm. It's just so many. Mystic from Oakland. Nobody talks about her. It's 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 crazy to me. You have so much dope like MCs, but to round up my three, um, would probably be the Queen Bee. Probably Lil Kim. Lil Kim. Yeah. yeah, she's definitely near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Y'all know why? If you what? heard. What? The other episode, which I'm not gonna go into. Oh my lord! Honorable mentions to Eve because I I I really think that Eve is ill as well, especially on that first album. So yeah. Okay, so that's great background. I'm assuming you've uh, been keeping up somewhat with the whole surviving R. Kelly. Oh god, unfortunately. I don't want to just say surviving R. Kelly though, because we have to give a shout out to. The woman behind it, Dream Hampton. Oh yeah, um, definitely. And name is Dream Hampton. Yeah, she was That's named. So she's cute. from Detroit. She's dope. And she was named she's after. Dope. The dream, like the Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. I have a dream speech. Oh, that's lovely. She went to NYU. Um, she was the first female editor for The Source. Um, she, one of her projects at NYU was um, she Biggie happened to be her neighbor at the time. She was best friends with Biggie. Yeah. Yeah. So, as usual, with most things that, like, make a big splash, uh, the conversation is more interesting than everything else. I feel like I'm surviving, surviving <laughs> R. Kelly. Uh-huh. <laughs> May as well be. Honestly, though, you know, I'm the pickle in this duo. I am the tart one. The tart one? <laughs> And I have to be honest when I say that I don't feel that Surviving R. Kelly is an accurate title. I feel like it's more so exposing R. Kelly. Hmm. I feel like it's just, you know, them just spilling all the tea, just putting all the business in the street, letting everyone know what's going on. And... In all honesty, knowing people that are victims of sexual abuse and survivors of consistent sexual abuse, mm. I feel like... Well, he himself is a victim of sexual he abuse. He himself yeah. is as well. I feel, and I feel like that's why, you know, that explains the manifestation of what's going on here with how he treated all of these people. You know, if you've been watching Fix My Life... We learn about pathology. Do we think that the goal, because I'm always focused on that, do we yeah. think that the goal, and Dream has been quoted, I think is saying something to the effect of, I won't stop until he's destroyed, or I'm paraphrasing. I, don't have I mean, essentially, quote. that's what they But by destroyed, what do we mean? Is the goal to get just get him prison time? Is the goal 
something plus the prison time? I mean, what's the goal? That man needs help. Well, yeah, but do what do you think the goal of the documentary is? The goal of the documentary is just to make everyone aware to like confirm, like, no, it's not just a rumor. No, you can't look away. You can't. As this has been trending a lot as well since that came out, you can't yeah. compartmentalize the negativity. You can't separate the music from what we now know are not just allegations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are uh, having a hard time doing that. Yeah, but I feel like R. Kelly is, I mean, I feel like somewhere in some language, R. Kelly translates to Satan. And I also think that he is like a villain in Batman and he needs to be in Arkham Asylum. Like he's not going to change you know people are who they are i'm Mm -hmm. sure if he could help it he wouldn't be this way but he is this way Uh and nothing is going to stop him not the the court shit not a prison sentence it's like i don't think there's any real way to stop someone from being something other than what they've been for all that time i think you know there's a lot of stuff that happens if you are a survivor Mm -hmm. of childhood sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. It it messes with how your brain develops. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole bunch of symptoms, including, you know, you're more uh, predisposed to alcohol abuse, addiction, Mm -hmm. drug addiction, promiscuity. But, you know, I also observe... For better or for worse. I can only imagine how my brain would have developed otherwise because it's done a pretty good job so far. Right. So I was watching Breakfast at Tiffany's. I never watched the movie. Mm-hmm. I was not thinking about R. Kelly. I was not thinking about any of this shit. And I just knew it was a classic movie and it was on stars and I had my Roku going. So I was like, I should watch this. I like Audrey Hepburn. And they casually mentioned several times in the movie that she was a 14-year-old bride. Yeah. And the man that she married was well, like he had three kids, so he was well into his 30s. And it wasn't scandal behind it. It was just like, yeah, and he's coming back to get me. And sorry if you didn't see the movie because I'm ruining the plot. Um, It's very minor. I mean, that movie is so underwhelming and it comes from that era of. No, but here's my thing being a a survivor. Mm hmm. Again, and being extremely observant because to survive and thrive, you have to be extremely sensitive to what's going on around you, read people's energy, know when you're in danger because you don't want to be in danger again. Right, right. Right. So what I'm trying to wrap my head around, independent of this man who should have been locked up a long time ago, is, is a couple things. One, why are we still in an age where there's child marriage laws as young as 14, that vary state by state. Why are we representing teenage, whatever you want to call them, I would call them girls, but some people say women, but teenage females who are either engaged to or engaging in sexual, you know, acts with adult males as part of our pop culture, whether it's Breakfast at Tiffany's or Gossip Girl or Mm -hmm. BBD saying backstage, underage, adolescent, yeah. This is not new. So how do you create and rally a culture around that? And how do you have a slut walk when you know that a good chunk of these girls that's really making money as sex workers or strippers are the ones that are teenagers? Yeah. And then in the same breath, 
say that we have a problem with this, which we need to have a problem with it. And I wonder how many of my family members who knew what was going on are now raging against this documentary. I want you to rage against your niece, your granddaughter, your sister, the girl down the street, that you're, you know that you see the signs, you know what's going on, maybe you even walked in on something, and you go and pay your tithes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like stand for something or you fall for anything. Everybody's going crazy over this R. Kelly thing. But none of like nobody had the same energy when the whole Woody Allen thing came out mm-hmm. when he ended up uh, marrying his uh, adopted daughter. Mm-hmm. Whether it's bloodline or not, the attention was for her to be your daughter. You adopted her right. as your daughter. You know this girl from since she was young. And then the older she got, you find her attractive. And then it's like, it's just nobody, but nobody's talking about this. Nobody's talking about any, like, those other situations where it's it's like the same thing where the the, the guy has a, a problem mm-hmm. with pedophilia or whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's rally for all of that that's going on instead of just being like, R. Kelly's evil. R. Kelly's this. R. Kelly's that. Because he's not the only one. Right. He's not. And again, it's, not. it's baked into our culture. Like, what's the next song or movie that we're, or show that we're going to watch where the girls are sleeping with 30-year-olds and we're going to laugh and drink wine and whatever? You're baking it into our day-to-day. Honestly, I... I and turning a blind eye. Yeah, honestly, it's just... It's America as a whole. Like... This, you asked how this is all going on the same way we're still running on a constitution and laws that are older than God knows, you know, and it's outdated and it doesn't fit with where we are now. You know, a lot of this shit that's going on is things are things that used to go on back, back, back in the day when right. when civilization was just starting up. Like America is still very much in that period that they idolize and glamorize, which is like the 50s and way back in like the Wild West times where like young girls were fucking pregnant and all that shit. Like that's the period that a lot of these older people, because honestly, a great deal... I mean, of course, there's like a new generation of, you know, sexual offenders every day, Mm -hmm. but like the old, old, old guys... That grew up in that, you know, smack your wife after and have her fix you a martini after, like, you know, that's where it's all coming from. It's just Mm -hmm. that foundation, that framework of fuck shit. And until we're ready to, you know, like, we're, we're shining a light on it now, but... I don't know. I just, I'm at a and point stop where I protecting. Could... We talked about this a little yeah. bit earlier, Johnny, but, you know, stop protecting the female sexual predators from these boys mm-hmm. because they don't know how to verbalize Thank what they you. go through and they yeah. end up either being abusive themselves yeah. they or don't they know. just don't, they can't function in a healthy relationship with the woman because, you know, in some cases their own mo- mother, you yeah. know, is molesting them. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody ever talks about that. It's always it's such a one sided thing. Out of sight, out of mind. It's such a one sided thing. That's why I said if you like stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Like if we're really gonna rally against this, then let's rally against it. Like mm-hmm. everything, not just this man. Yes. Right. Like little boys who deal with it too from female predators, the same way, you know, women or women and men deal with it from male predators. Yeah. You know, we have to talk about the whole thing. 
Yeah. And that's the, that's the problem with society. We always want to keep it one-sided. No. Sick is sick is sick. Rape is rape is rape. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's all fucked up. It's all in the same basket. A spade is a spade. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but, you know, we're so full of shit now. It's society, man. Yeah, and we're so PC now. You know, fuck shit. I have a question for y'all. Oh, Lord. I want to hear this. It's going to get real. You have to be honest. Okay. I don't know. I have no problem. Have either one of you (laughs) ever referred to the other one as crazy? Yeah. Yeah. But we are. We've we've openly acknowledged our craziness I feel like, as individuals and as a couple. Mm-hmm. But are you offended when anyone calls you crazy? No. You no. find that term offensive? No. no. So in this culture, like what you were just saying, the PC culture, mm-hmm. what I'm finding is people that are celebrities or quasi-celebrities in some cases um, go on their rants, you know, and we're like, oh, he's crazy. You can't say that anymore. Because everyone's fallback now is you that they are suffering from yeah. mental illness. So is that is crazy canceled? Like, is there a place for us to even use that word anymore? I mean, from the time... <laughs> this is why TV isn't funny anymore. <laughs> yeah, like... And movies. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of old sitcoms This lately. is why. Like, old, old sitcoms. I'm like, this shit's funny. But that's the thing. <laughs> like, we used to be able to make fun of all of our differences and unify on it as well and still discover a common ground Mm -hmm. now everyone's so fucking touchy and everyone has their own personal agenda that now they've created this intricate cherry picking thing where you can't say this you can't use that you got to use a context clue to figure (sighs) out what this person feels about this it's like i don't have time I'm going to continue to use the language I want to use because, frankly, if we're going to be in a free society, which is what these PC people are supposed to be going for, then I have the right to use whatever language I choose to use. That's the fact of the matter. You know, it's exhausting and it's bullshit. But um, I realize now that everyone has, like, all of a sudden, like, there's more awareness about, like, anxiety and Mm -hmm. depression. Mm -hmm. Everyone's getting diagnosed with something. There's quite a few people I know that are on, like, some kind of medication or they're talking to someone about something. But I don't think that it has anything to do with, you know, it, it goes beyond the name. I think it's just the nature of society and like the way we're living mm-hmm. that's making those things that that's making those things more present and is like you know causing those things to surface in all of us but as far as like the term crazy it is what it is yeah. you know things have labels for a reason <laughs> to help us distinguish so yeah. when is it appropriate to use the word now in I mean, this new era, when is it okay to call someone or something crazy? I just want to know the new rules so I don't get... God only knows, because I'm not setting the rules. rules. Like, I don't care about these new rules. Like I don't. I grew up in the 90s, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. where people were able to speak their mind and not be, like, ridiculed because they spoke their mind. Like... Do you think you're stronger because of that? Absolutely. Yeah. Because, like, we... We've seen how life was before this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we know, so... That's what we're sticking to. Mm-hmm. I can't, like, get into what's going on now. I can't relate to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And you can take a beating now because mm-hmm. of what we went through as kids. Now it's like, 
Oh, we have to be careful. Yeah, yo. <laughs> so they, they don't like their peas and carrots to touch. It's just exhausting bullshit. Yeah. I went off Instagram for three days. You would have thought I was dead from some of the messages <laughs> I got. And at the same time, I put my phone in black and white mode just to see. Because I had read something saying that if it's in black and white, you're less likely to be all over it and doing the endless scroll. And I went back on today because obviously I had to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I noticed, and I'm including myself, by the way, mm-hmm. is that everyone's performing. Mm-hmm. Even your favorite actress or rapper from the 90s or 2000s took a fucking break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every time y'all post, and again, I'm including myself, I just happen to be coming off a break. Mm-hmm. You're performing. Yeah. Yep. Putting on. Yep. That's all. It's just a bunch it of It just facades. looked like a big-ass variety show because, you know, I was also used to seeing black and white for the past three days. It was like overwhelming. And then I went to look at the content and it was like, (laughs) y'all performing. Like, really? Seriously. And then I want to ask all these PC bitches out here, you know, that want to twist the word crazy and make it seem like a thing. When you see a homeless person on the train while in the fuck out, do you apply that same right. discernment to them? Right. Or does it only apply to the person that's holding a Starbucks cup and just popped a Xanax <laughs> not even 20 minutes ago? Right. That's like, so we shine in the, we shine in the mirror on ourselves. Basically. We have to. Like we're we're full of shit, and mm. we've just become so fuck. I, I can't. How much of what we just discussed do you think is going to be reflected in the new Us movie? Where you're literally, the characters are being terrorized by clone, what looks like clones of themselves. They know everything about them because they're literally them. First off, Mr. Peel. Right. I was about to say Mr. Peel, too. (laughs) You're such an evil scientist, man. He's a mad scientist. Mr. Peel. But he's a genius because he's like, even with Get Out, it's like such an, he's raising awareness Mm -hmm. for like issues that we legit have in society. And we, as a society, are always afraid to, like, hold up the mirror to ourselves and look in the mirror and be like, okay, this is who I am, and accept it, Mm -hmm. and then go forward with the confidence that, yeah, this is me, right? Now you have this movie now where it's like you're being haunted by yourself. Mm -hmm. That's scary. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't want my crazy ass haunting myself. Child, no thank you. (laughs) No thank you. I don't think I would haunt myself. I think I would probably, like... You know I would haunt myself. I wouldn't. I'd probably like be manifested as like a human. What's the cat. worst thing I'll smoke myself. that play music? The current version of yourself. If you have to just be very sinister, we we're not as crazy as Mr. Peel, but let's kind of go around. What's the craziest thing you could do to yourself right now if you were able to haunt yourself in a different form? Oh my god! Wow. I feel like I would be a cat. And I would just stare at myself all the time and I would make myself feel very self-conscious and I would just like, you know, chase my own ankles and like, you know, do cat things. But like just really be just like I would just terrorize and torture myself, I think. I don't know. Like, I think I would really just sit down and smoke with myself (laughs) and just like listen to music. And probably we'll probably have like disagreements here and there because he's supposed to be like the evil version of me or the you I know think the alternate version of me. 
I think he just wouldn't want to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, he would just want to, like, keep you up yeah, and keep like... playing music and not let you, like... That's like the jellyfish. Not let That's you like chill. the jellyfish in SpongeBob, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. One, that wanted to just listen to music the whole night and SpongeBob is ready for bed. That would be me. Yeah. That would be me. I'd be like, bro, I'd it's be 5 in the morning. i myself every fucking where. Like, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And, like, the other half of myself would use, like, this bitch go to sleep. Like, right. I think I could definitely see that yourself yeah like your other self would be more outgoing and oh my like God. more yeah because that there's that part of me like when i go out i'm out mm-hmm. but when but 80 percent well 90 percent yeah i'm not out <laughs> but when i'm out you would think i was like the biggest extrovert but then i just prefer to not be out it's right. weird so i think to your point yes i would be like <sighs> Yeah, I, I would probably just make myself feel very awkward. I would do everything I hate. Like, I hate when people stare at me. I'd be staring at myself. I'd be driving myself crazy. I feel like the, my ultimate self would be the more responsible one, too, because, you know, I tend to be a hothead. And if I ever get my, if I ever, like, feel like I get into that situation, I feel like he'll just appear and be like, nah, dog, it's not worth it. Like, chill. Or hold me back or something. Like, I know how this is going to end. Who's that photographer in Atlanta where there was, like, all these celebrities? I'm sure other people, too, but we were getting bombarded. You know who I'm talking about with the pictures. And it's like the person was juxtaposed. It was Photoshopped, obviously, but mm. it would be, like, you and your evil self and maybe a third one. I've seen so many of there those. There were so yeah, many pictures. I feel like this discussion is going to spark those mm-hmm. those photo shoots again. Yeah. <laughs> where everyone's going to go do those photo shoots with, like, different versions of themselves. But, like... Scott Progan versus the world when he had to fight himself at the ending. Right. And it looked like he was about to get busy and fight himself. Right. And then all of a sudden, like, they come out of the, uh, they come out of the venue and they're just like, yo, let's, let's go for a drink. Like, all right, cool. Yeah. You know, kicking it. Like, I think that would be me. Am, am What's I? the most honest moment you've had with yourself? The most honest moment I have with myself. Honestly, I would say last year when I came back from Europe, and I've had many honest moments with myself, but it's one of the it's one of the um it's one of the main uh yeah it's one of the main things that really because like twenty eighteen was was a cool year for me right the beginning the middle it's towards the ending that it was like kind of like difficult and I really had to do a lot of like reevaluating with myself mm-hmm. and even with, with um as of, like recently too like I give a lot to people I give a lot of my time and my energy to people mm-hmm. and I had to realize that yo like all that time and energy I'm giving to people I got to put it into myself you know what I'm saying because like at the end of the day you know, I'm giving, I'm giving you this and you this and you right. this and you this and I don't have enough See for myself. See how he looks right at me. <laughs> I looked at her too. I looked at the both of y'all. Both of y'all souls. No, but it's like, I'm learning to just like put myself first in certain mm-hmm. situations, you know, like, especially when it comes to like my craft and what I do as, you know, as a creative, as a as a music buff or whatever you want to call it. Like, I, I have all these ideas and I, I can't get them out because I'm so busy helping John Jacob and this person or that person. You know, it's just, I just learned to put myself first. And that was the most honest moment I had with myself. Mm. Kimber? Um, I have honest moments with myself every day. Oh. You know, like, 
I don't so know. You're an advanced student. Yeah, I don't know if um, if either of you have seen. Well, I know you've seen Full Metal Jacket. Of course. Sergeant it's Hartman lives in my mind, <laughs> and he tells me all the time, "Bitch, get your ass out of bed. You're a fat, lazy bitch. Get the fuck up. Get outside. Do what you gotta do." You know, like I'm always my worst critic. I'm always um, getting myself together. But I think the most honest moment I had was when I decided to start being honest with myself and decided, you know, to like, yeah, and decided to um, to keep being honest with myself, to become aware and acknowledge my problems. Like, I used to be very hot-headed. I used to do a lot of things without thinking mm-hmm. first. I used to just react. I used to say whatever I felt like saying. I used to be so reactive and responsive. And at the time, I didn't understand that it was because I was um, more of like an empath kind of, mm. you know. So it's like yeah. I was taking in a lot and receiving a mm, lot. Unfortunately. And, yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, you take on way more than you actually should. And you feel a lot more than you actually should. And you take things more personally than you should. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So, yeah, that kind of led me. That's kind of where I, I, you know, like I was just dealing with a lot um, of unnecessary shit. So once I made that realization and I made that vow to myself, like from now on, I'm going to actively work to be better. And I can admit because there was a point where I was like, bitch, I don't got to change. I'm fine the way I am. I can turn up. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> but everybody feels change. Everybody feels change. Like think, think about like even when Obama was talking about it. Mm-hmm. And most people are like, I don't like what this guy's talking about change. What do you mean change? And even like if you go on like uh, Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. and they change the template, you're like... Right. Yeah. Yo, why do you have to do that? Like, yeah. you know, like nobody, well, everybody, everybody oh, oh, fish. Why change. did you say that? Because over the holiday, Instagram. I'm sorry. I'm usually not that sensitive to the little changes, but everybody went crazy. I don't know if you guys saw it for like an hour. Mm-hmm. You couldn't scroll vertically on Instagram. You could only scroll oh, sideways. I did see that. And I unfortunately was one of the people that exp- and I freaked out. I was like, oh no, what the fuck? I need to be <laughs> able to go up and down. Like, what? What are you doing right now? Yeah. Mm. But my, I guess it's a combination of what you guys said. Unfortunately, and I will always say unfortunately, I'm an empath. And I was just bragging a few months ago to a fellow empath that I finally figured it out. I figured out how to put borders around myself Mm -hmm. so that everybody wasn't coming to me with their shit and their problems. Yeah. And I realized I have a new batch of people in my life and... Now that I know them better, guess what's happening again? <laughs> Not to the same degree mm-hmm. as before. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, I, yeah, you figured it out. Yeah. But what you need to figure out is when you get to know people to yeah. a certain point, you still got to put up those walls or else you're going to find yourself. I feel like I'm drowning but I when feel, I get to that point. I feel like the more you know a person, the, the I hate the, when the people treat me like a resource. Change. I don't know because she said you're a musical encyclopedia. But I hate when people come to me like, um, wh- what's in retrograde right now? Because, like, me and my boyfriend are arguing. Bitch, did you ask me how I'm doing? Yeah, I get that a lot. I have two kids. I have a job. I have this podcast. I have my crazy-ass self. I have elderly family members that I'm trying to look after. Mm. And you know this. Like, ask how my day was yeah, or how it's going. Too. Like, every now and then, I give you a free pass. So I'm not saying you can't ever come to me like that, but when it's like 
over and over again, that's when it starts to, I feel like something's inching up in my spine and I'm, I start to resent that person. To your point about feeling too sensitive about yeah. certain things or letting things bother you. Yeah. So I've been having honest conversations with myself. I had one this morning because mm-hmm. I'm also not, as much as I'm an empath, I'm also not... Um, comfortable talking about my emotions yeah even to myself and I was like just say how you're feeling about this situation I said it out loud and then I was able to talk to my friend about it who was able to give me insight because you know how sometimes we're like yeah so he did this but then I was I didn't give a fuck and it's like yes the fuck you did that's why we're talking about it because you gave a fuck so I had to have one of those moments like Sophia you care why are you upset about it yeah and then what does that mean? It's not even how does it affect us. How does what I'm feeling towards the other person, but why is it meaning that for me? Exactly. In my journey? Not looking at what it is, but why. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard because it's like, you know, you don't want to be so vulnerable because life is ridiculous and you don't have the energy <laughs> to respond to every single thing. Right. You know, and it's gotten to a point where, in a sense, like in the same way Mr. Peel has developed this movie. <laughs> You know, I have come to acknowledge a long time ago that me, myself, and I are three different people. Mm. And each person has a different side of themselves Mm -hmm. and a different nature about themselves. And when they all come together, they make up the person that's sitting here. Right. You know, but I've, I've found that me is very sensitive Whereas myself is very much guarded and composed mm-hmm. and, in, and intellectual, whereas I is just a fucking savage, <laughs> you know? Like, I feel like those are the connections that we need to make in order to just better understand ourselves so we can in turn understand other people more. And then when people try to waste your fucking time, you can tell them, like, hey, well, you, you know, know why you're doing that? With the whole afterlife stuff and, like, reincarnation. It's Ciao. funny that you said me, myself, and I because... What I found consistently from people who research this is that this human experience supposedly is like only one third of our consciousness. The other two thirds are somewhere in the universe taking classes. They're taking um, astrology classes. They're taking how to live on earth classes. They're taking, I don't think they're taking cooking classes, but apparently there's like a whole university. Mm-hmm. Oh God, universe, universe. Okay. Right. I just caught that out there and the other two-thirds of all of our consciousness are out there like living their best lives um and the one-third of our consciousness is in this body having this this human experience i can agree that there are other dimensions and timelines but i fucking hope to god there's no afterlife because i am so tired like i am good with the yolo i'm good only a person who watches twilight zone would say i'm so good to lay down and and just be done because oh my god these idiots life is beautiful well, you gotta, and wonderful if you sign the oh contract you know you're coming back i don't think i did so we didn't even sign a contract to be in this motherfucker okay you actually did <laughs> no everyone on earth signed a contract to, to whatever your purpose was and i'm gonna play this role you play that role i saw um this movie like this conversation makes me think of um, mr nobody have you seen it seen no. you should watch it because it's kind of like the same concept where jared leto's character um is like this he's like the oldest mortal in the, in a world of immortals because that's how fucked up society has become where they're using pigs 
to like keep living. Like they use um I think pig blood or pig oh, DNA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. But um in the beginning or in some part of the movie, um, they say that like that the Cupid's bow above your lip is what angels put to erase your memories of you entering the world. Yeah, it's like really trippy. Okay. You should watch it. I definitely need to watch that. Yeah, Speaking of trippy, crazy. I just want to plug my own Twitter because I had the foresight. and vis- you know, I'm a visionary. I would love to see in the future Mr. Peel uh-huh. collaborate with Mr. Magruder. Make it happen. Yeah, that yeah. makes some please. It's about time. It happen. I want to go see this cartoonish movie. Thank you. Yeah, because I... Wherever Aaron Magruder is, if someone yeah, can track him down, Yeah, Aaron, Aaron ain't doing nothing. <laughs> doing his laundry somewhere in Bushwick. he's doing, Enjoying though. those residual checks. Can y'all, like, yeah. let us know? Especially now, because they keep plugging that um, footage from that Boondocks episode with the R. Kelly. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I just you, watched that one over the weekend. You got to give it up for Aaron McGruder because yes. she's been put us on game from yes. like, what, what, what? From what the year? Kardashians. What year was Kelly, that? That was 05? Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. 05? Yeah. Like, he was ahead of it. He man. deserted us. He's over us. He's he over, yeah, I, I agree with that. He tried to slip out with that black Jesus he really shit and he was just us. done. He's done. He's done. I don't blame him. But I would, I would like to see that film. Make it happen, y'all. So, Johnny, you are not getting off scot-free because you are our first male guest. Mm-hmm. You're in the dollhouse. We still don't know yet if he's going to survive. <laughs> I think he's doing pretty well. <laughs> he is, but you're biased. Surviving. So. I am. I'm extremely biased. <laughs> Surviving popping off pink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you make that a shirt for the guys, I think. Oh, um, bitch. Oh, my God. What? When this thing dies down. I, now didn't know, I didn't know my head was in a guillotine. Now right? it's time for the hardball questions. <laughs> bring it. Bring it. What, um, it. or how would you characterize women's place in hip-hop? Why does it even matter? Why is that important? Why should we care? Mm. Because equality. <laughs> Everybody has something to say. This is that's my thing. Like everybody has a voice and f- emotions and thoughts that you want to get out. It doesn't matter to me, like whether male or female. Mm-hmm. I want to hear because I, I can relate. I can, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll relate. You know what I'm saying? I think the position in hip hop for women is very important because even it's sad because even in 2019. It's still a taboo thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why is it such a taboo thing. It's been going on since the beginning of hip-hop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Angie Stone, right? Most people know her as a singer. But she started in a hip-hop group called Sequence. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, in, the, in, in like the late, the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's been happening. You have... Uh, a group like Funky Four Plus One More with Shot Rock, mm-hmm. you know. Then you have Lisa Lee, and then um, shoot, I'm forgetting the the other one. But the group was called Us Girls. Like they've been like this has been happening from like the beginning of the of of the I guess the development of hip hop, you know. And then it kept on happening with groups like what, what do you have Salt and Pepper. Um, JJ Fad, I could go three, on. Three five seven. Okay, three five seven. <laughs> Country got you crazy, like all that, like you know, like it's been going on and on and on and on. So why is this? Why is it a thing still? Because you got some dope sisters out, 
Just let them be dope. Why does it have to be a thing? Well, where they're women. Yeah. Like that, nobody. That's why, because they're women, and and frankly, you know, a lot of people are still caught up in that subconscious misogyny, in that subconscious anti-women. I personally feel like it's a thing for me mm. because most of them don't have shit else to talk about but pussy bags and shoes. But there's a. And but, I'm tired. But of there's it. a market for everybody because you can say the same thing about men. There's a market for everybody. I do say the same thing. <laughs> I'm tired of you, all these things. Because you have the women who do say shit, like Jean Grey, but nobody's, nobody's trying to listen to Jean Grey or Rhapsody. Nobody's trying to pay them any mind because they're not pussy popping on a handstand. Right. You know what I'm saying? But they got some... But we you, paid attention for a, a minute somewhere in the 90s and two, early 2000s to Lauryn Hill. But Lauren was like doing everything, you know. Yeah. She was singing and singing very well mm-hmm. and rapping very well. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was harder to deny her, and she was coming like as herself. She wasn't like this manufactured mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, she was giving you something different than the other women were given at the time, yeah. and that's what made her stand out. You know, I will tell y'all though. For the women artists, I do want to talk about just, you know, beyond the artists as well. Because when we say women in hip-hop, we talked about this, I think, on episode one. It's mm-hmm. not just the artists. But <laughs> the site, the page that gets the most traffic for mm-hmm. the women on my site is Emil. You remember Emil? Of course I remember Emil. <laughs> People went crazy. And I don't know if it was her birthday or what, but for like... Several weeks straight, it was just a meal, a meal. And I was like, why is everybody going to this page? And more recently, um, and I think she has something coming out. I don't know, but it's been Charlie Baltimore. Who's well, also been I linked mean, to Biggie. Charlie fucking Baltimore. Yeah. That fucking red ponytail <laughs> is all I need to go up for her every single time. Because I fucking love that. She always, like, <laughs> That's just it for Baltimore. me. That's all I need. She could do anything. That fucking ponytail and that vibrant red. Yeah. Bitch. You just reminded me. I had, it's funny, because my dad got me this calendar, right, back in the day. I want to say this was, like, 1998 or 97 or 98. But it was a calendar, and it was all female MCs. Mm-hmm. Like, all female MCs. Charlie Baltimore was in there. You had Mia X that was in there. Oh, I love Mia X. You had Queen Penn that was in there. Yeah. Like, it was so many, like, MCs, like, female MCs at the time that was really doing shit. Which is why I just don't understand this whole, yeah, they're women. And, you know, it's like, even in the DJ world, too, it's it's the same thing. Like, I I don't get it. I think it should stop. I'm surprised, to be honest. Not that I'm trying to put myself out of a job, but I was surprised that this something like this didn't exist. Yeah. Like, like when we're talking about, because we're not talking about just pussy popping or, or whatever and, and reality shows. We're actually ta- having these types of discussions. Yeah. And I was shocked that there wasn't already a women-led radio or, or hip-hop podcast because I wasn't going to like invest my time. If there was, yeah, yeah, I would try to get on their show. Um, but I didn't find it. What I did find was shows branding themselves that way, and they talked about the things that y'all just talked about. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it. Like, who's screwing who and who Yawn. got this bag from that people person. For, people ran out of things to talk <laughs> like, about because nobody wants to expand their mind. And but people... you branded it as a hip-hop conversation. Okay. I... <laughs> there was no historical content. Like, we talked about how Pam Greer 
influenced almost every well-known and, and maybe not so well-known um, female MC, right? We out here. Mm-hmm. Do that. Do that. What is it? That California I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to make fun of one's region. Do it. Region. Do it. Do I'm it. Do gonna, it. I'm not going to make fun of one's region. <laughs> we out here, though. Question we, number two. <laughs> question number two. What's your favorite episode mm. of Poppin' Off Pink? <laughs> My favorite one? Hmm, interesting. My favorite one, actually. Y'all think y'all got me. No, man. I know. I actually, like, the way he's like, hmm, I'm like, ah, shit. Here we go. He's about to I like the one. I, I like out. the one, um, shoot, what was it? Uh, you guys were talking about, uh, shoot. It's what you said that resonated with me the most. Um, shoot. Ah. <laughs> The topic was about, was it about Drake? I think it was about, <laughs> I think it was about Drake. We talked about Drake early on. A couple of but it was something that you said, yo. Know, it was something that you said that like resonated with me. I'm sorry I smoked before I got That's here. That's okay. I remember I'm you said something. <laughs> and I don't know if this is the same episode, but I remember you said something because... <laughs> The universe just conspired that our first show we talked about the In My Feelings video. Mm-hmm. And you said something about, you know, you don't think he's being authentic when he says that he really wants the girl around the corner, the black girl, when mm-hmm. his baby mom is some French porn star. Or ah! <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the truth of the matter, um, you know. That... And after she said that, I have to tell you, bringing it forward. Yeah. That stuck with me so much that when I saw the video, because I already liked the song, mm. but when I saw the video for Sicko Mode, I was like, how ironic that they have all these black girls and maybe some brown girls popping their ass, and both of them have children the- by women that look nothing like the the women in the video popping their ass. Listen, I've always said that the establishment has been demonstrated to us over and over in all these dumbass hip-hop videos. <sighs> you got... The light-skinned girl with the straight hair on the beach in the mm. bikini all up on the wrapper. She's the love interest. <laughs> then you got the darker girls either fucking twerking in the kitchen, <laughs> stirring up the shit, or, you know, like they're twerking going... in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, the, the you know, it's, it's true. twerking on the hot wings. But that was yeah. the episode, though. That was the episode when you were talking about the... I mean, that key, was our key. first episode, though. Yeah. <laughs> but it was... That's the one that, like, that was the one that resonated with me. Okay. Well, I guess my follow-up question to the first one would be, you know, from my perspective, you have people who really made a name for themselves who aren't artists, like Lala. She started off Mm -hmm. being, I saw her first as like a DJ and then a VJ on MTV, and she just turned into like, you know, this mogul in her own right. She's like a beloved golden retriever. She's on power. She was, a lot of people don't know this, but she was actually originally on BT. Before she was on MTV, there was a game show. Oh yeah, you're right. Because yeah, yeah. she on, interviewed Beyonce. On she BET. was a game. Yeah, there was a game show on BET hosted by some nigga with dreads. I don't remember his name, but like he used to wear a suit. Was that he, AJ? Right. There's no, only it wasn't, two. It wasn't no guy. It wasn't no AJ. Okay. There's only two. AJ of them. had this like, braid, braid dread thing going on. This nigga had straight up dreads, and Lala was like. She was like kind of like the hostess slash mm-hmm. DJ. Yeah. And that was the first time I ever saw her. Yeah. And then I guess like a year later, she was on MTV. Mm-hmm. Glow yeah. up from yeah. EBT to MTV. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah. I mean, when we talk about the universe of women in hip hop, I wish we would like include people like Lala. 
Um, some people have been included by default, like Carmen Bryant, who. <laughs> oh boy, she's you like know, Jay Z, Nas, Ether, all of that. Mm. But she still belongs there. I think a, another turning point for me. See, before you came, I was talking about my hip hop detox that I'm grappling with. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Here I am. We're sick and tired. You know, I'm here in Astoria and didn't grow up here, but I appreciate every neighborhood I've lived in in New York City. Some neighbor to Long Island City. And I had posted some footage from the Nas album release party. You know, everyone's in Queensbridge. I was there in Queensbridge when Nas did his documentary party and all that. This is for the last album that came out. Yeah, and what really was jarring to me, like, I get it. I know that reality TV's here to stay and all that shit. But every so-called reputable hip-hop blog, when they posted a picture from that, it was Kim Kardashian. Yeah, I remember This is that, not a, even a Kanye. Obviously, he produced it. This is Nas. Mm-hmm. In Queensbridge, his birthright, and every blog... Nas listening party. Kim Kardashian sitting on the car. I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Nobody cares about the music anymore. What is happening right (laughs) You hijacked it. Like, if it was Kanye, you might have rolled your eyes, whatever. It's Nas. You didn't even have... Destiny was there. Mm, His daughter. She was there because she had flew directly from L.A. right there. And she's like... She won. If it was going to be a woman, it should have been his daughter. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Also a producer on, on Illmatic. But it was just, I'm just, I, I can't. don't know. There's something bewitching about Kim Kardashian, even though she looks like she smells like the wood section of Home Depot. Yeah. You know? We're not doing like, that she just, yeah. she just, she's a very bewitching woman, I guess. You know what's so crazy about that album? That album, man, he's getting so much, like, flack from it. Like, like my my friends were always like trash this album, and mm-hmm. I don't understand why. Because, like, I've list- I listened to the album. And first off, like, Kanye's trying to change the rules with, oh, just seven songs as an album. And yeah, but it's my dude. Kanye, but... and now everybody's doing it. So, no. fuck these people. <laughs> no. Because, no. no. They're doing because... one of two extremes. No. They're either doing the Kanye or the Chris Brown. It's they're not... either doing seven or they're doing 35. It's not Kanye and everybody's <laughs> doing it. Kanye was doing what Parliament was doing oh. and what these other groups were doing. Parliament <laughs> used to have six songs on their album and be like, yo, but this is... But were they like eight minutes of Because... They, some because, of them. Because. Because <laughs> them old school albums, I'm like, how long is this fucking thing? <laughs> how long we floating on? What is what I'm we saying? We floating for six minutes. He but brought it back. That, but that, he's, you know. He brought it float, back. Float on. I'm an Aquarius. Keep rolling it. That's that Coke. But That's that, that banana long high note. I'll say he brought it back. But he definitely didn't. Have, and it's funny because now I said it. No idea is original. Because, and there's nothing new under the sun. But Kanye is always going to bring it back. And but no, nobody I, cares. That's anything, the thing. But me, I care. I'm no, somebody. I'm anything he brings <laughs> in 2019 needs to be music related only. That's I don't want to hear saying. nothing else from him. I don't want to hear the bongo. Except a fucking album. I do not tweet. Do not. He's doing some fucking Joe Rogan podcast. I'm not listening to it. Yeah, like, like just stop. I your feel man, like there, there was a there was a clip of your man's in the studio. I cut you off. Yeah. <laughs> there was a a clip of your man's in the studio with Chance the Rapper, right? He's working on some beat, mm-hmm. right? He's triggering the beat on his, I think it was an ASR 10. 
or MPC, whatever. He's triggering the beat. It's a Michael Jackson sample, right? Uh, oh, I want to be that. where you, yeah, yeah. right? Where is it? <laughs> like, and then you don't it's even with the poopity scoop. You don't even hear the beat. That was my shit. Though. You just hear him just Bye. chopping that, and it, 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 it. I did like, I did like. Um, <laughs> no. was it? Was it called? Uh, Lift yourself. No, we're not. I, I did like it. I liked it. I did. But I've I've been a Kanye fan from like I was in high school when College Dropout came out, right? I was in high school when that came out, and mm. I remember like just being into beats. I I knew about Kanye already, yeah, because like I was such a Rockefeller head, and when the when Beanie Seagulls The Truth came out, I lost my mind. Like I had it on cassette. I, like I wanted to know like who made these beats mm-hmm. or whatever, and I found out that it was Kanye that made that beat. Well, on the second album, my uncle made the beats, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just speaking what I know. <laughs> Although on that on, on, on that truth, I'm like, yo, who made this beat? And then from then, I'm like, Kanye West guy, okay. Then the Dynasty comes out, right? And then uh, I hear, um, this can't be life. I'm like, oh, Kanye again? Yeah. What? I remember being. I lived in Chicago during that time, and I remember when they shouted him out, and I was like, Kanye West. And then, like, I told you this, like, mm-hmm. uh, a year later, I'm at Thanksgiving, and my uncle's like, yeah, I want a Grammy. And I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, no, seriously, from Kanye's album. I was like, mm. And then I, like, Googled it. And I was like, oh, that's what them weirdos was doing upstairs. Like, they never would come out of the room. That's what y'all was doing? Everything after that, I was like, what? We are the champions. What? Gets who's back. Okay. What? Freshman adjustment. We are the champions is still my go-to celebratory and that's like what fifteen minutes long or something like that's that. A, that, that. That song was ridiculously like. That gets me so my, hype. My favorite part is Dame Dash just talking. Yes. On it. like he <laughs> he had the best he had the best part on the song because he's not rapping. He's like, I'll never rap, I'll never rap. But like he's just talking trash on the song. He's such a fucking gargoyle. But yeah. don't you disrespect Mr. Dash. Gargoyle. That man. Gargoyle Dash. Don't All disrespect. Right. Johnny, you survived. Barely. <laughs> we appreciate it. Barely. This is the last thing we're going to do. We always end with lyrics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this time it's going to be lyrics. And then you're going to name the song. Okay. But it does, you know, everything we talked about with the current state of not just hip-hop, but just the internet, social media. I think it touches on a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. And this is one of my favorite artists. But I'm so real to them, it's scary. And with my unique skills, nah, you can't compare me. And no, we don't make whack tracks. Can anybody say that today? (laughs) No. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the suckers get pushed back when I'm kicking real facts. I represent set up shit like a tent boy. You're paranoid because you're my son. Like Elroy. And you'd be happy as hell to get a record deal. Maybe your soul, this is for all you reality stars out there. Maybe your soul you sell to have mass appeal. Mass appeal. So oh, come on, man! Thank you so much to our special guest. Thank you. Rest in peace, Guru. And my beautiful co-host. And again, I know we said it at the top of the show, but really, really, really best wishes. Happy New Year! Let's kill 2019. Let's donate to our Patreon. Yeah, give us Johnny your lunch money. Johnny caught a little money. bit of the bad bitch hysteria today, but you can catch it in person and live. <laughs> 
on January 23rd in Amarachi. Go to Eventbrite and look for the live show tickets. They're only $5. You pay $5. more for that thing for your soy latte with extra caramel. So Your Metro card, honey. Mm-hmm. That movie you don't want to go in the theaters to buy, to, to see. <laughs> we will see you next time live in person. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or subscribe on Google Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. We're on YouTube. We're Mm -hmm. on SoundCloud. All the free things. It doesn't cost anything. Like, seriously, I got to say, like, you guys are doing something dope because I've, like you mentioned before, this is a first, and I hope, like, People really get hip to it because I see this thing going far. So please, people, if you're listening to this, support the Bad Bitch Hysteria. Support Popping <laughs> Off Pink. Come out to the live show. All right? Y'all going to get some vibes, so support the thing. Support it! Thank you. Thank and support you. our real musicians like Johnny Go Figure. We'll see you next Thank time, you. hopefully in person. Love, peace, and soul. Bye, hoes. <laughs> peace. <laughs>